we still stuck on the grind I got love for the haters who done lost their mind I got love for the earth, the waters of a birth I got love for the fire in my heart when it hurts I got love for my people, the poet in the streets I got love for the sister in the cup making beats I got love for the rhymers, the rappers, the one I got love for the mamas who rise with the sun With the sun, with the sun Welcome to the Street Poets Podcast. For 25 years, Street Poets has been building community one rhyme at a time. We share our stories because they connect us to each other and remind us that we're all in this life together. Each episode will bring one of those stories to you. We hope as you listen, you'll hear some reflections of your own story, of the American story, of the greater human story. I'm your host, Arkiros, and this is Metaphoria, a slam poetic love story with two beloved members of our Street Poets Directors Council, Alicia Wise and Matthew Cuban Hernandez. Some on the slam poetry circuit back in the day used to say that poets should never date poets. In this episode, Alicia and Matthew provide proof to the contrary as they reflect on the poetic and romantic journey that ultimately inspired them to marry each other. They were blessed to be joined in conversation by our street poet intern and voiceover king, Kaylin Wright. How did you find poetry or how did poetry find you? Poetry found me by accident. I was uh, watching Poetic Justice at the precious age of 11. And in the movie, I was mostly intrigued by, um, I was intrigued by a few things, to be honest. I always say I was intrigued by Janet Jackson because Janet Jackson is still like absolutely beautiful. But at the time, I was just like, whoa, this is probably the most beautiful human being I've ever seen in my life. And I was only 11 and Janet Jackson was definitely way more popular back then. And then with Tupac and the movie being very like, hood based you know I just it caught my attention and I wanted to be like Janet Jackson so poetry found me by accident and also found me through representation because I wanted to I don't look like Janet <laughs> but I wanted to mock and be like another black person I wanted I saw a black woman who I thought was amazing doing poems in a movie had no idea those poems were by Maya Angelou and I just said I want to be like that and at the mm. time I already had dreams of being a it went from wanting to be a nurse like my grandmother my late grandmother to wanting to be uh, a doctor, but I always wanted to travel the world um, doing something to help people. And at first it was in the medical field. And then uh, I was like, Oh wait, poetry, you know, and it didn't come to me right away. The gift, you know, I, poetry found me by accident, but then as years went on and I became a teenager and fast forward open mics and all that, I was like, Oh, I can do that little thing I wanted to do <laughs> with, words you know um so i'm grateful for poetry because uh yeah i still get to do the work that's always been in my heart say how did you two meet okay <clears throat> trying not to act as excited <laughs> but um my version of the story because he has a different one is um we knew each other way before we actually met met um we've seen pictures and stuff where we've been in the same room and uh I even paid him money uh, as a feature at an open mic that I co-hosted in um, Philly. 
uh, we've been in the same setting uh, quite a few times. And he's always been one. You ever know those people that it's like, oh, you're familiar. I know you. I've seen you somewhere. I know you're part of this community, but I don't really know how I know you know you. And that's right. how it's like, I know of him. I know he's a good person. I know I like hearing him perform. And it was always good energy when I knew he was around. But I didn't think about him like when I went home. I was just like, okay, cool. Like, good person. And then I went home and did my thing. I also... Wasn't really looking at Matthew like romantically because, you know, personally, my journey has changed a lot with like um, my my uh, identity as far as like mm. I was only dating women at one point, you know, to be very honest. And um, Matthew came along fast forward. I was at a slam Southern Fry and that we was in Florida mm-hmm. and I was just I was kind of just going through a breakup. Um, mm-hmm. but not really. It was just a time in my life where I was just like, I want something solid. I want like a person, you know, just like looking for love and also like just tired of people. Anyway, Matthew came along and was just nice. And anybody knows him knows he's just a nice person. And I didn't think he was trying to hit on me. I don't even know if that would have, I would have been super open if I knew that right away. I just knew he was a nice person who always had something special and warm to say every time and I thought he was just being a good friend or new friend and I was just looking for him every time we was you know at the competition I was like where's that really nice poet who's really really nice to me and uh he's going to tell you the the longer version probably but anyway he was really nice and we were texting back and forth and I was denying that I liked him for like maybe weeks you know Mm. and then eventually he stopped calling one day I don't know what was happening in his life just being a guy and um I figured I, I realized that I was actually a little a little hurt by that. I didn't want to I didn't want to tell anybody because like you know I got my my pride. I was like mm-hmm. okay well whatever. And I remember one time after not calling me for like maybe a week or two, I saw him calling. I remember exactly where my phone was at on the bed and everything. And I looked at it and I said, "Oh shoot, he's calling." And I tried to play it off for like ten seconds, like I didn't want to pick up, and I picked up, and that's the rest of the story. <laughs> I love you. I love like you. It, I think that was pretty much it. I left out like things like, you know, the cookies, actual cookies, mm-hmm. you know, and um, all this other stuff that you like to add in. Yeah. Oh, let's hear about the cookies. <laughs> well, you know, like, I think it's super like it's super fitting that, you know, we ended up kind of like starting to talk at this this big family reunion festival, Southern Pride, because, you know, that was that was really the place where I was like poetry is something I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, when I was 13, I was doing these little open mics and did like a couple couple years where I was just going to these random open mics around town or just in my close vicinity. And then it got to the point where, you know, I, I found out when was going to go with this troupe to this festival called Southern Pride. And long story short, I ended up just going by myself and was 15 years old competing at this tournament where the next oldest person was like 26 So, like, everybody at this tournament basically adopted me. And, you know, I went on to, like, win it and when I was 18 and do all this stuff. So when I was at this tournament, I was like, yeah, I was just really focused on, like, the tournament and, like, going there and winning. And, like, I had this team from Jacksonville I was working with. And I was just like, I'm just focused on winning. Like, nothing else matters. And, um, you know, I would see Alicia all the time. She's like, oh, Miss Wise, you look so pretty, so nice. Look at you. Have a great, have a great day. You know, just say nice yeah, just, um, that, but that's my game. My game is no game. So I, it was game. No, it's no game. Uh-oh. It was a game. No, I mean to some, but to me, it was no game. It was okay. just me being me. Just checking. Mm. I didn't know if it was a no game game. 
no game. Be like that sometimes. Be like that sometimes. But anyways, I was like, you know, whatever. So I was just focus, focus, focus. I would just say hey and then leave it at that and go about my business and went in. And, and then we actually won that that year. Then at the end of the year, I was like, oh, Miss Wise, you know, da 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 and she was just like, yeah, you know, I'm really craving cookies right now. I just want some cookies. And, you know, we had we were going and we represent Jacksonville. We had like this this couple that used to come to our venue. This older couple used to come and support the team all the time. And they baked us fresh cookies. Honestly, uh, best cookies I've ever had in my life to this day still. They baked us a whole box of it and we hadn't touched it the whole week. So I'm like, I'm not trying to run game on you. But back in my room, I got cookies. That's what he said. You got you can imagine my feelings. I was like, I, I just made this face, like, uh, okay. But he was really nice. The universe set it up like that. I was All like, right. That's good. You so give me a kiss and get these cookies. You ain't say that. You ain't say all that because I wouldn't have listened. I didn't. But I got a kiss though, so that was what was up. See how you want to be all I told you wow. this right. it's gonna be different. It's a good version, it's spicy. Got cookies and kisses involved. She's just talking about so, I'm upset. It's a little it's a little more sugar, a little more sweet. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids, you know? <laughs> I love that. Wow. So, yeah, definitely uh, a magical journey, even just from the start. To get the story right, so you definitely had, like, a couple of years that you were in the same space, or was it just, like, one year that no, you started to see? We know poetry such a small community that, mm. like, like Alicia had said, like, I had, I had been on tour through Philly plenty of times and would feature at her venue mm. I came by myself, came with the homies, came with another musical artist like a few different times. She'd be hosting, pay me out. She'd be double booking me with other features, pay me out. First of all, hold on. Can, I, inter- can I interject? Yeah. Because it will make me sound bad for business. Mm-hmm. I was a new co-host there. And my, my the co-hosts who had been there who were way older than me and more experienced was the ones who were double booking. Let's just set the record mm. straight. I am not a bad business person. You're and right. She's great. She's great. In fact, she's she was the only person who was apologetic about it. She's like, I'm really sorry that y'all, there's like 15 features tonight, and you're one of them, and you drove eight hours to get. You had drove from Louisville. Get to the point of the story. You are holding. Anyways, um, yeah, but it's crazy. Like we we've seen things where it's like pictures of us from like you know like five years before we ever actually said a word to each other. Wow. I am sitting you know a, a couple, couple rows yeah. away from each other um it's just super super wild man wow those things yeah. the universe was trying to just line us up yeah yep. it was like all right let me just throw these cookies in here then they'll finally get it exactly. and my decision to go to that competition that year was so kind of random it's, it's not mm-hmm. that i didn't want to go it's just that i wasn't con- i was i didn't know much about southern fried and mm. I just happened to have a friend who was part of that community who lived in Philly. Not many poets in Philly was part of that community, Southern mm. Fried community. And she was like, I want to get a team together to compete. If it wasn't for her, that pretty much random thing, I wouldn't, uh, have, I wouldn't have met him like that. I definitely wouldn't have. What was the, the biggest obstacle that y'all, that each of you felt um, that was in your way when you were getting together? There was only two major obstacles for me. The first one was we were long distance. Um, I know my my capability to love, so I knew it was probably possible, but I was nervous, you know? First of all, it's, it's a combination of both of the obstacles for me. First of all, like, not really dating men at that point. I think I kind of, I was talking to, like, one right before Matthew, but I wasn't used to 
that wasn't really like a thing for me. Like I literally identify as a lesbian woman. I was just like, this is new territory. So anyway, that taught me a lot about myself. And that's another story. But that was one obstacle because coming out is one thing. Coming out again is a whole heavy thing, especially considering who I was in a Philly community as far as like a poet and as far as my identity. Like I meant a lot to a lot of people. So I had to Mm-hmm. realize I had to put love above that. I'm not saying I was in love with him right away, but I knew it was something that could lead to that. And then the second part, having that obstacle on top of being long distance. It's like, do I want to sacrifice all that for somebody who lives in Florida and travels the world all the time and is currently in Virginia? So that must, that's a testament to how much he travels. Like I was just, it was hard to just know that this would be something that I'm quote unquote sacrificing myself for. I wanted to make sure it was when it came to this guy, it had to be the real deal. You know, sometimes you date people, you know, like, it's an experience, whatever. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. But with Matthew, I knew it had to be all sort of all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I was transitioning mm-hmm. out of this like heavy touring life. You know, we started dating, what, at the end of 2012, something like that, mid 2012. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was living in Richmond, Virginia, coaching their youth and adult team. I think that's why you ended up talking to me, because you're like, Richmond, that's not too far from Philly. Uh-huh. She didn't realize I was only going to stay there for a few months. You tricked me a bit. I didn't trick her. I didn't tell her. Because nobody asked. If you didn't, I told you. I'd have been like, no, I'm going back to Florida. Um, but, you know, at that time, you know, I had, since 2009, just basically lived on the road. You know, in 2009, I was on tour for like 10 months. You know, that year. And, you know, Richmond was when I was there was not much different. I was touring back and forth through the country. And then even once I moved back to Florida from Richmond, I ended up moving to to Leeds, England for like five months and some change. And, you know, that in itself, that was like our first year together was me being in England or being in Florida or being on the road doing some type of show somewhere. And, Mm. you know, after that, after I got back from England, I was like, and I really, I was like, I just want to settle. I just want to sit someplace and build there and not have to be on the road and not have to like, just have like this moving brand of myself where I'm constantly doing the next thing and doing the next thing. And, that's when I got the opportunity to come to LA to coach a youth team out here. And we just got plugged into the community and ended up doing a lot of work in the detention facilities, which ended up leading with street poets and mm-hmm. plugged in with all the stuff we're plugged in. And but that that move to LA, we were both like, let's start somewhere fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we can actually start our relationship. Yeah. Um, though we had been together for a, re- a year at that point. A year and a, half, a year and some change. Yeah, we yeah. were spending like a week here, a couple of weeks there, a month here, you know, and then months away from each other. So I, I wasn't like a traveling poet as much as Matthew was. Like I wasn't a touring poet, but I definitely have been on tours before. And if you knew anything about me then, you know, I was never home. So even though I wasn't necessarily hopping from state to state, sometimes I was. But overall, I was just always moving. I was always somewhere. And if it was an opportunity, I wanted to leave the state. Mm-hmm. And the bittersweet thing about being a poet is like a lot of times, especially back then, it was easier to be a broke poet. And I had my ups and downs. I had a lot of money sometime. And then I was that typical broke poet. Um, but the great thing about being a poet also is even when you're broke, <laughs> if enough people love you and like you, you'll be able to travel. You'll be able to find a way to travel as a poet because somebody's going to want to bring you out 
<laughs> you know, but not just Matthew. Like there was, it's just always a way to be on the road. So when you have an opportunity to talk to someone and also yeah. say, oh, I might be able to have a gig in this or find some, like get some money on the side and perform in this other state. That was just dope. And then even with him coaching uh, when he was in Virginia, coaching a, the team down here to just watch, even if mm. I wasn't doing anything, to be there and experience someone else doing something poetry related and they're really good at it. That's just, yeah, poetry made that all so much more worth it. I don't know mm. how it would have been if we weren't poets. It would just be you're traveling to get to know someone more. Yeah. I don't think it would have worked. Scratch. It would have yeah. worked if we were poets. You know? Find somebody <laughs> up the street. Like, yeah. automatic way to get to know someone because you're hearing your mm. work. You're seeing them vulnerable. You're seeing them work. It's yeah. Especially if it's a full-time career. Well, know? I think so, we were both in love with the craft as well. We were both trying to pursue the craft professionally and we both have respect for each other, for each other's craft, each other's grind, and each other's careers. Like, I was like, yo, right. this... Like I could, you couldn't, you couldn't travel anywhere up northeast and not hear Miss Wise, you know. And when people found out we were dating, they're like, "Oh, you dating Wise? What? Oh. You know?" And I mean, like it was a, it was a thing. They were just mostly surprised because I thought she was a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> the hair down. I was like, <laughs> our friends had jokes. Our friends had so many jokes. They still have jokes till today. I, I feel like being being married to a poet is like like a constant very healthy group therapy setting i think in every aspect of life there is some aspect of group therapy that we go through together just in the way that we see things mm-hmm. right in the ways that we're, we're responding to the news the way that we respond to the food the way we, we respond to our yeah that way we're processing every aspect it's through this lens of of poetry which i think then inherently looks at the truth of things i think mm-hmm. honesty is the greatest form of poetry and I think that's the that's the crux of poetry is honesty, is truth. Mm-hmm. And so when that is what you do for a profession and as a lifestyle choice and as almost like a spiritual practice, and then you're married to that, you have a pretty healthy relationship if those are the steps that you're going into. But you got to you can't bullshit it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like I couldn't I think we spent like time in the relationship, like I spent time trying to lie. Like, try to pretend, like, you know, say things that weren't. And at least be like, you're lying. You're full of shit right now. And I'm like, I am. Thank you. You know, or whatever. And I and it got to the point where I was like, oh, I, look, you know when I'm lying. So, like, I'm not lying. Like, I'm just going to just be straight up. And I think when you lead with those things, when you lead with, a, like, look, I can I can read your bullshit quickly, so don't try it. And mm-hmm. I think we both could, could see, okay, I know the person who's on stage. And I know the person who's not on stage who only I get those interactions with. So I, I know you and you're not being you or you are being you, or this is how you're, you might not even realize that you're not being yourself at times. Um, it's really, really great. I mean, just like how it's great to have an extra set of eyes when editing a poem, mm-hmm. it's good to have an extra set of eyes when editing your life. Is there any poems that y'all have written for each other? Is that, is it something that comes up at all in, when you're married to a poet, or is it just yeah, you're speaking poetry? Oh, oh, oh. Are we to share these poems? But I have that was a second question if you want to share them. Yeah. I, I think both of us published a poem about each other yeah. in our books. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know why, I, I was kind of inspired recently. I saw someone online, a poet, write a poem about their somebody they're in love with, like a new love. And the poem was so fun. I was like, ah, why can't I do that? Because I've been struggling to write a poem about Matthew 
um, because I love him so much and it's, it feels so complicated to write about. But I have this poem right here and it's interesting that this is the this is the love poem, but I'm going to write another one. Anyway, this is the only one I really have. Um, Let's hear it. What's the title of this? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell the title of this love poem. It's called The Dead. <laughs> I love it already. Okay, period. <laughs> Even the non-believers believe any day now, some big inferno may swallow us in the middle of our nephew's graduation. The question is not if we can all be destroyed. The question is by what kind of fire? All who pray upward may call the fire God. The atheist may call the fire a fire. The rest of us may call it a metaphor or earth on which we currently exist. This bush continues to burn and all try to comprehend how some are engulfed in flames yet cannot be destroyed. I lay on this bed, my lover's brown fingers interlocked with the black of my own. We do not speak of Armageddon. I ask him for permission to pray over his body, say amen three different ways, then attempt to get enough rest for wedding shopping. Sometimes it is fun to pretend this is the beginning of forever. Sometimes in the middle of a life investment, we joke about whether we can hold us down during the apocalypse. Then we stare into each other's eyes, confront what we have been doing all along and again in the dawn when we awake in this same afterlife, everyone still pretending we are all alive. <laughs> That's it. Uh, a poem about the apocalypse is the only true love poem I have about the love of my fair, life. Fair. Yes. <laughs> I heard I heard it in there though. You can hear the love. But like you said, it's the it's the truth. The love right. is not always sunshine and rainbows. I mean, what do you think about what else do you think about when you think about the rest the end of the world? You think about those you love, you think about, you know, so Right. Whatever. I'm who a, you who do you want to be with when the world It's not the only poem I wrote I wrote about Matthew, mm -hmm. but it was hard to just write it fully. It's so interesting how I always had to attach it to another message or metaphor. Um and I think that's because at that time, I didn't really know how to write about love. That's one of the toughest things for poets to write about. Not all poets. You know, you have Pablo Neruda and people who yeah. love just comes to them like it's nothing. But overall, when poets say they have a hard time writing about joy and love. But I also believe one more thing is that when you, this goes for me too, when you really improve your skill and the better you get, you can write about almost anything. So it's kind of a testament to where I was as a writer. And now I feel like if I actually sat down and tried, I could write a, a bomb-ass poem about him in a second. So that's my challenge. Thanks for the low-key inspiration. Here's a love poem for Alicia. How could I have called it love before now? Yesterday, I saw you for the first time. Fresh eyes to a canvas I've painted for years. Were all my smiles counterfeit, all throwaway poems? Rooms where I studied my craft but never felt at one with? Did I understand content or only know calm between a title push? How could it have not been so clear? So easy you fit. How could I fight against your current? You, the only warmth I don't second guess. I seem self-conscious in your blush, blind to all the gorgeous in your everything. I hear my mother's wisdom when you speak, your patience for the youth we love. The hurt we partner when they disappear. The blade of your tongue ready for slits. I prayed for you before I knew the sass in your dimples. 
And when our heat finally pooled, I was still a Florida boy, fresh from oppression, visiting a city you owned like you grew it in your garden. Your smile told me I did well, as you travel trains that swam through your town like arteries. Sometimes the future stares us in the face. Sometimes she wears a head wrap and escaped the city she wanted out of. And isn't that ironic? So like love, found us a mess, turned us beautiful. Mm. Wow. And nobody died in my poem. (laughs) 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 Two two, two different lenses. (laughs) How much has your relationship helped you to um, sharpen your sword or just better your skill um, as a as a poet? Tremendously. I mean, so before I moved here with Matthew, I knew I wanted to leave Philly for a lot of reasons. But one of those reasons is to um, experience poetry in another city. I just needed to, I feel like I wasn't growing as a poet any longer there. I was just on this plateau. And I knew I was capable of more, but I, I couldn't find it at the point. And when you are an artist doing your thing for a while and you feel like you hit just like a wall of creativity, that hurts. So I was like, I have to move. That was one of those, the, the reasons. So anyway, I was looking to move to New York or Chicago. And uh, I know that my, you know, my writing probably would have changed dramatically here, but who knows? I just know that when Matthew had this opportunity to come here, was like, Are you, do you want to come with me? I don't know where to be. We didn't, the relationship was in a good point at that point, but I didn't know if he was going to move together to another, you know, that's a big move. I think being in any other city or state would have helped me uh, be a better writer, but I know for sure coming to LA, the way some of the community here embraced me and brought me in, like um, my my coach and mentor now, Shihan, how he just kind of, he lets you know, this is what I think you could do better as a poet. This is what I think you could do with this poem. He's just direct with feedback. And I love Philly. Philly is always going to be my home, my, my writing home. But I didn't really have people trying to challenge me as a writer there. So I say that to say, yes, this relationship, if it wasn't for moving to L.A., I don't know how. I feel like I went from just not being sure about my writing after being sure for so many years and just kind of being sad and down about that to having this opportunity that I'm lucky enough came with love. And then my writing career just kind of, it, it, it needed this and all the way across the country. It was just perfect. Um, and then there was a bunch of other reasons too. You know, he introduced me to people. We get to travel together, people I never would have met before, probably if it wasn't for him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, him being my coach, another coach and um, taking a look at my poems, but this move, it changed my entire life and my entire career. You know, like I was from Jacksonville, Florida. So, you know, in a lot of ways, I was the one kind of pushing the the craft in that city for a long time. There were poets before me and after, but there were we didn't really have a lot of mentors there. We didn't really have a lot of coaches. We had no coaches. In fact, I've never had a coach in my entire life uh, or entire career um, with poetry, you know. Um, and so to be able to have like something to, to bounce thoughts off of and, and someone right. I admire on top of that, um, man, it really helped me grow the connections that you've got to have with youth. I feel like that's something that I don't want people to miss out on. I've heard little stories here and there from the times we've been in the street poets van and just over our zoom calls. But I guess in what way did um, you having to hold space for youth and the mentors that you've had in what ways has 
that been an integral part of your relationship or has that taught you anything about each other? Ooh, where do I begin? I'll, okay, so maybe we could be on top of each other. Um, it's not a chronological yeah. order, but one of the things for sure is it becomes like, you know, because we're not parents yet, you know? So one thing I can say is that we've been parents, though, to a lot of these kids. And when you're, we you have your partner and then you have kids, kids who call you like mom and dad. And then, but it really feels like that oftentimes. We have, we have youth who have lived with you and you have love and you still love and you have um, mentored or, low key, maybe even if it was just a couple of years, kind of raised in some ways or worked alongside their parents, so many different ways. We've had so many children together in our lives without having our own children yet. Um, so that's a big part because it's been family. And when they grow older and they become adults themselves, they still, many of them, you know, look at us the same way. So it's like a we're developing, I think, a kind of ongoing like family. And then they get to, some of them get to meet each other. And it's just like, you see your young people, you know, it's not your, they're not yours, um, but you see your young people like come up and then still appreciate you and love you and um, that in return. So that's been such an amazing experience, just having all this family yeah. um, together with him that I didn't expect to have. Yeah. And there's that balance and act on that too. Like we, you know, there's always the good cop, bad cop situation that'll happen in relationships like that. But, you know, I think, um, you know, when I moved to L.A., I mean, and even when I was in Leeds, I was coaching a youth team there. And, you know, when Alicia came to visit me, it was like every time we were together, we were there working with those kids. And, you know, there was a huge like co-coaching relationship that happened there that when I moved to L.A. and started coaching a youth team, she became like an honorary co-coach there. And we coached these teams together you know, for like five years in LA um, and then moving on to coach the adult teams together where she was on one of the teams and coaching with me. And then we were both coaching and having like major successes in all of these areas. Um, you know, it just, it just let me know that like having that partnership would help just bloom creativity in a lot of different ways and a lot of like healthy ways. Like it's, it's when you're in a creative space or when you're in a healthy space, then you could push each other in a lot of different facets. So Matthew, what was your what was your oh, moment? The moment I realized I was in love with Alicia. Yes. I don't know. I feel like I've I feel like I've I've fallen in love with Alicia various amounts of times, and each time was deeper and deeper. That was a safe answer. So also the truth. That was cute. He also has a terrible memory. No, I think I really loved you. You probably came home to visit sometime. It was like really nice to my nieces or something. Uh, but you think you love me after I met your family? Look, like I said, I loved you various amount of times. I loved you before you came and visited me. I told you I loved you first, fool. I remember where I was. I was driving to freaking well, don't you share San that Francisco. Story. Go ahead and share that story. You used to take pictures of owls all the time. Then why are we telling that story? Don't tell me. Tell because me. the actual story is I fell in love with you various amount of times. Each time was deeper and deeper. Which is what I said the first time. Y'all want me to elaborate. You said I was the same answer. Is, is this awkward for you? This, this was supposed to be a, a love-invoking question. I didn't mean to start no argument. <laughs> I'll be falling in love with like a drop of a hat. All right, well, <laughs> but it's the love that keeps me. That's the important Since love. Because I'll fall in love with anything for like like a day or two. You know what I'm saying? And then be like, oh, that's stupid. And then be out of love with it. I'm not done with my answer yet, Alicia. <laughs> but it's the love that keeps me. That's the important thing. And Alicia kept me. In love and re in love all the time. Well, you ain't telling the story about how I said, hey, boo, and then you said, oh, I'm mad at you. I'm going to call you. And then I got scared. We didn't talk. 
That has nothing to do with this question. While you talk about things being left out. Uh-oh. Remember in the beginning when I said I was playing like I didn't like him? See, because I could be honest. That was when. So one time he texts me and he goes, hey, boo. He calls me boo. Call everybody now, boo. Can I? I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> I'm not used. I was very, I was brought up in an interesting environment. Not only was it Northeast, but I also had very um, interesting brothers who took on very heteronormative kind of ways. So words like a, a, a straight male, a straight cis male saying boo, I wasn't mm-hmm. used to it. And I had messed up ways. Even as a queer woman, it was things that I wasn't ready to open my mind up to yet. And it wasn't a, a straight cis male calling a woman he's interested in boo. So I had that. That's one of those examples of how I learned from him. Because first of all, it's a cultural difference. In Florida, mm-hmm. I guess they just talk different. So I'm like, boo. I literally looked at the text and said, mm-mm. I literally said, you corny, like, I'm good. And that was one of the reasons why I was just trying to, like, I didn't text back on it. Well, I just wasn't, like, that. I pretended like I wasn't that into him. Mm-hmm. And I even remember telling my homegirl, like, yeah, he called me boo. I don't know. It's kind of different. Um, but it wasn't until he stopped talking to me for a bit. And it wasn't the rejection. Like, that's fine. I've been rejected before. It was like, oh, I actually did like him. And now he's not hitting me up. And I it made me think about that more. It's like, oh, you about to lose something. You really do like because of your things you need to unlearn. Mm. And let that be a lesson to you. Why you gotta just never joke with anybody that you're interested in. Because they'll take it the wrong way. It worked for you though. You help you help. It me worked out. Look where you're at now. Ghosting you work works. That's what happened. Oh, so now the truth wow. comes out. <laughs> It was a tactic, the game. It wasn't a tactic. I got scared. She said she was going to call me, and I was like, damn, I'm about to get yelled at. And I got scared and just pretended like it never happened. <laughs> and then you called me on my birthday, and that was nice. I did call you on your birthday. You didn't answer. I was delivering mail. That's all. I was like, he I used to be a mailman. Used to be delivering mail. Wow. Yeah, I thought he really didn't like me. I said, oh, he's not even answering his birthday. I said, well, I lost that one. Whatever. I don't care anyway. <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm. I only see it takes a lot to, to get to where you're at now, even not responding to a text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think about things. See, <laughs> I need to text a lot of people back. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, this is this has been great. I really, I really appreciate the the wisdom that has been coming through both of you and um just your perspective on love and, and being so open and sharing about things that are very intimate and that you could easily just keep to yourself. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Still stuck on the grind. I got love for the haters who done lost their mind. I got love for the earth, the waters of rebirth. I got love for the fire in my heart when it hurts. I got love for my people, the poet in the streets. I got love for the brother in the cup making beats. I got love for the dancer, the dreamer, the sun. I got love for the killer who gives up his gun. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Street Poets Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. Metaphors be with you.